Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Problematic Women, the Facebook watch show and podcast that showcases strong conservative women, current events, and the hypocrisy of the so-called feminist left. I'm Bree Payton, staff writer over at The Federalist and friend of The Daily Signal. And I'm Kelsey Harkness, a senior news producer at The Daily Signal and contributor to The Federalist. So we have a great show for you today. We have a lot to unpack. So let's start out with these reports. According to Variety, Nicole Kidman is in talks to play former Fox News anchor Gretchen Carlson in a movie entitled Fair and Balanced, which is about the disgraced Fox News chief Roger Ailes. Kidman will join Charlize Theron, who will portray former Fox News host Megyn Kelly. And Jay Roach is directing with a writer from The Big Short. So the controversial Fox News founder, Roger Ailes, passed away last year at 77 years old. And he is the subject of several film and television projects dissecting his legacy and the sexual harassment scandal in the wake of the Me Too movement that toppled his legacy. So, Kelsey, what are your thoughts about this movie Well, first off, a lot of people don't realize that this was one of the earlier Me Too stories before the hashtag Me Too was even a big thing. I don't think Gretchen Carlson often gets the credit she deserves for uh, standing up to powerful men and um, putting what is right first over over her career. She risked her career. She lost aspects of her career for standing up for herself. So I, I do think in, in one way this this movie can highlight and champion the brave work of Gretchen Carlson. On the other hand, I have to ask, where is the Harvey Weinstein movie? That story is just as scandalous, if not more, more relevant to Hollywood, and yet nobody seems to be touching it with a 10-foot pole yet. Yeah. I think that, you know, it is good to highlight and celebrate stories of women who were brave, did come forward, did speak out about things that were happening to them, things that were systematically, you know, being covered up. Um, I think that that is so important. I think personally, though, I'm not going to see this movie. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, uh, this doesn't sound super interesting, to be honest. So I'd be curious to see if a lot of other people have a different opinion than I do and are really you know, ready to go see this movie. I think personally, just because it's like probably so close to the events as they happened, I think I'd probably see this movie in five years. Like, oh yeah, I remember that. Let's go see it. But personally, I think it's great that this movie is happening, but I don't know that I would spend $10 to go see it, if that makes sense. And it does just happen. It does make sense. And a huge problem that I already can foresee with this movie is, you know, that this movie that's ironically called Fair and Balanced is that I don't think there's anything that's going to be fair and balanced about it. Of course, you know, Fox News has its scandals and it's tried to recover from that and act responsibly. But I don't think Hollywood is going to treat Fox News fairly. I think, um, you know, if this were a move, if this had happened inside MSNBC, nobody would ever be doing a media, a, a movie about it. I think that Hollywood is only jumping on this because it's Fox News. So I'm yeah, expecting the Matt Lauer. <laughs> exactly. The Matt Lauer. Locking women on HBO. I need we need that. Walking women into With the button his. <laughs> In his office. I will tune in for that. So, yeah, I think it's a little unfair, a lot of hypocrisy. Um, But, again, I do give Gretchen Carlson some credit for what she did um, in this in this in wake of this whole scandal. 
All right. Well, let's move on to a very tragic topic. So a former Olympic skier and gold medalist named Bodie Miller and his wife, Morgan, lost their 19-month-old daughter, Emmeline, in June to a drowning accident. So they were at a friend's house and they lost track of her for literally just minutes. And um, just this week in an interview with Today, they finally opened up about this loss and how they are dealing with it. The doctor said that her brain had just not had enough oxygen for too long of a time. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't pray for the opportunity to go back to that day and make it different. But now we have this opportunity to make other parents' days different. (laughs) In their grief, the Millers learned they aren't alone. Drowning is the leading cause of unintentional death for children one to four years old. It's the number one way that you could potentially lose your kid. If it's number one for me, I want to know about it. Do you feel like this is something that pediatricians or the medical community or public health community have we not been paying enough attention to this definitely the intensity behind this conversation is where we are lacking this should be the number one thing that we talk about you need to be hyper aware i've been to all the pediatricians meetings you know and 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 checkups on our kids and i can't say it's come up one time Brie, this is so heartbreaking because it could happen to anyone. I don't think you can blame them for being a responsible parent. You can watch that whole interview on today.com where they walk through how this actually happened. It sounded like their little girl actually opened a door um, and she had, you know, Morgan had just turned away from her for minutes. And these things just happen so fast. They're so tragic. But I give this couple so much credit for what they're doing and speaking out about this because before watching this interview, I had no idea that drowning was the number one cause of accidental deaths for children between one and four years old. And that really is going to change the way I look at bodies of water around small children. It it really will make a difference in my life, and I hope it does for others. Yeah, I think it is great that they are drawing attention to this. My dad, um, I forget how, how old exactly my dad was, but he was at a family barbecue, family gathering um, with several other families. My dad's Argentine-American, and Argentine-Americans kind of tend to be a tighter-knit community. So they were all having uh, like a barbecue, and one of the kids um, belonging to one of the parents, who was about like three or four years old, he wandered off without anyone noticing just for like a few minutes and they found him floating in the pool and by the time they found him he was already dead so and you know later in life my dad decided to become a lifeguard when he was about 16 years old and swam a lot um and was you know in high school water polo team and very always in the water always in the pool and made it a really big point to teach us how to swim when we were really little and we never had a swimming pool growing up because my dad was so afraid that something like this might happen. Um, and so I think it is good to talk about it. As sad as you know this is to talk about um, 
I think it is important for people to know and to make sure that your pools are locked and, you know, that they're properly fenced in and that you always keep an eye on your kids because kids like to run away from you and lose themselves from you and get separated and um, that they like to do that. So Open doors. I think something a lot of parents maybe don't know, and I just know this from following a blogger, actually, who has a one-year-old and also has a pool, and I've watched her. She posts clips of her getting... Uh, her daughter swim lessons before she was even one years old. And they're not even swim lessons. They're really anti-drowning lessons. So you can actually take a very small child, place them in water and teach them how to flip over. So if they did accidentally fall in the pool, they know how to make themselves float. So if you do have a pool, you know someone who has a pool, please just show them this interview and um, make them know that there are resources available and there are swim lessons for children who are even younger than one years old to prevent these types of tragedies. And before we leave you on such a somber note, um, I want to highlight a more positive story in this subject. So there was actually, you know, another very serious incident where a uh, girl, a toddler was drowning and there were in a pool and there were two twin brothers who were on vacation in Florida from Ohio, I believe, uh, who realized something was not right with this little girl. She was sinking to the bottom of the pool and these twin brothers, six years old, saved this little girl. To them, they just said, you know, we're doing what we thought was was right. But at six years old, for them to be able to save another life is pretty amazing. You can read uh, or watch more of that story over at WNWO, which is an NBC affiliate in Ohio. So on a lighter note, switching <laughs> genders could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Which sounds silly, but this is actually true. So this a is man, real news. This is real news. This is not fake. So in Canada, a man found out that he could save eleven hundred Canadian dollars on his car insurance, and so he that spurred him to decide to change his gender on his legal documents, like his driver's license and other things like that, um, in order to save that eleven hundred bucks. It's a lot of money. I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame them. So, in a, so this is from a report from CBC News. Um, man identified only as David revealed that he changes gender from male to female on all his government issued documents to get cheaper car insurance. He was initially going to have to pay forty five hundred or so Canadian dollars a year in insurance costs uh, for this new car that he got. But then when he asked about what the rate would be as a woman, because we're better drivers. I know. I did we're want to make that risky. note in the story. Yeah, that's why. Women we're, we're are better for drivers. We're better. Yes. Anyway. We are not so, problematic on the road. No. <laughs> we're very good. Uh, although I have been in a few accidents. So I don't know if that's really. I get in anyway. stupid little like bumps, but I knock on wood. I've never been in an accident. Yeah. I've totaled three vehicles. Free. Yeah. So anyway, my insurance Good thing you probably... live in a city. Please don't ever get a car again. <laughs> anyway. So he was going to have to pay 4500 bucks as a man. And then when he asked about what the rates would be as a woman, they told him it would only be $3,400. So he was like, of course, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. So he asked for a doctor's note saying that he wanted to be a woman. And that's apparently all that it took. He succeeded in getting the provincial government of Alberta to change his gender on his birth certificate to female. 
from what I've read, he doesn't actually um, he's not actually identify trans. as female in his day to day life. He simply did this to pay less in his car insurance, which yes. people just like crack me up sometimes. So, but uh, but plain devil's advocate, you can imagine a lot of people um, from the uh, transgender community are probably not happy with this situation. Probably feel that their status is being taken advantage of. Do you think that or do you think what he did is okay? You know what? The whole transgender movement has been saying that you can decide that you're a different gender for any reason whatsoever and has been fighting so vehemently to try to like erode the differences between the sexes. And this is where this goes, right? This is the next step. A man wants to change his Uh, gender on his birth certificate in order to save money on his car insurance, I say do it because it just highlights the absurdity of the argument that we're having right now with the trans movement. Like you are born male, you are born female, your chromosomes, unless you have a chromosomal abnormality, which is like less than 0.01% of individuals who identify as transgender. Like it's a very, very low percentage uh unless you have a chromosomal abnormality every single cell in your body says you're a man or you're a woman um and you're also born with corresponding body parts that also reaffirm that and i think that the feeling maybe that you're stuck in your own body is very real and i think that that's something that should be treated in individuals that are experiencing that should of 100% of course always get support and help to help with those feelings and things like that. But I think biologically, it's just very clear what's going on here. And if one group of people is saying that there's no difference, then more power to this guy who just (laughs) took that to the next step. All right. Well, good for him. Moving on to our next story. So this was just breaking today. According to the Daily Caller News Foundation, Lawmakers in France voted to outlaw sexual harassment on the streets. So they passed a bill that would fine cat callers up to 750 euros for making unwanted advances in public. So backstory of the law, it came after an uproar over a 22 over a 22-year-old woman who was assaulted at the end of June. This assault was taken on surveillance video. Um, It captured it on a street corner. There was no audio and the man was unidentified. But you could see, if you watch this video, you can see the exchange happening. For those watching, um, tuning in on Facebook Watch, we're going to play this video. We'll play it like two or three times so you can kind of try to follow what's going on. Um, But for those who aren't watching, Brie is really good at giving you play-by-plays, so she will break it down. (laughs) I'll be doing that. just so you know, this video is can be tough to watch for some individuals, so make that call on whether or not you want to just skip through this or watch it. Uh, but in the video, we can see that a man and a woman are kind of walking by one another, passing by one another, and it appears that the man says something to her, like a cat collie, probably kind of a lewd comment. We're not sure. We don't have the audio. And then the woman turns around, and it looks like she says something back to him, Um, And the man is seen actually picking up an ashtray from one of the tables and just hurling it in her direction. And then he approaches her and just punches her in the face. And she falls and kind of falls into like this barrier that's uh, separating 
the sidewalk cafe from the rest of the sidewalk. And you can see another man in the video uh, who kind of sees this and sees what's going on. He picks up a chair and runs over to kind of defend her. But by the time he gets over there, the altercation is already over. I saw another man in that video pick up his glasses to put them on so he could fully see what was happening. <laughs> Just keep your glasses on. I mean, if you I'm need like, why see. did more people stand up for this girl in this video? But but at least that one guy did. Yes, it looks like yes. yeah. There we go. Would be Look, hero. The girl got like sucker punched in the face. It is so inappropriate. Um, it you know it is hard to watch, but Bray is passing a law against catcalling really going to solve this? So what he did is already illegal, like assaulting someone, punching someone in the face. That's that's going to be illegal. You can be prosecuted for that already. So I don't see why coming up with additional legal protections are going to make the difference there. Uh, obviously, this didn't happen in the United States, but there are cities who are that, and in D.C., it's actually there been, been talked about, yeah. you know, putting restrictions on speech uh, in order to protect women. And while I understand, I understand nobody that, is pro cat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, whenever I walk anywhere by myself, it's just like constant people driving by yelling at you the other day. Actually, this is kind of funny. The other day, this guy was just like driving next to me in his van um, kind of like match, you know, they do that. They match your pace and then just like talk to you while you're walking. So this guy was doing that and I just was ignoring him, not responding. Like I had my headphones in, like, I don't care what you're saying. And then I heard him say, you look like a man anyway, because I wasn't like responding to what he was saying. What? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what that was Fake about. News. I know. I guess because I'm tall. Look very feminine. I mean, it's fine. I don't care what this dude had to say, but I just thought it was funny. You know, like if you're not going to turn around and acknowledge uh. them, then they're going to take it to the next level well i think you're exactly right i do not think we need more laws i think that these i mean i think the left has already proposed these types of ideas here um as you mentioned it reminds me of the situation we saw a couple weeks ago with an uber driver live streaming his passengers in the car uh, in response to that story, which of course is so creepy and inappropriate, uh, I heard a bunch of people on the left calling to make this illegal. And I'm like, why is why does the left always run to passing more laws and regulations um, whenever something happens that they don't like? So obviously this behavior is abhorrent, horrible, very scary to be caught in a situation like that. But guess what? It's already illegal. You cannot assault people on the exactly. streets, in private, or anywhere and it's unnecessary to pass a law that polices speech quite honestly and i think it is important to say look it's illegal to punch someone in the face we don't need extra legal protections in order to make that illegal i think we should you should be on the lookout for the left trying to use this video uh in order to push speech codes this is already happening and starting to pick up steam in dc so just be on the lookout for that and with that we'll be right back with our next segment And we're back with our next segment. This is what feminism looks like, a segment where we hold up and champion positive examples of feminism today. So this week, we're going to be highlighting Meghan Markle's work. So she's trying to remove a lot of the taboos surrounding menstruation in India, where a lot of girls uh, are forced to kind of sit in huts outside of their homes or sit on a pile of leaves or use you know, recycled materials or uh, newspapers uh, in order to block their menstruation flow. This is something that is obviously 
very sad and horrible. And she's been donating to an organization that is trying to reverse that. So Meghan Markle is working to change all that within days of the wedding. This is a report from NBC Nightly News. The Duchess of Sussex highlighted her backing of a charity fighting to remove the stigma of menstruation and improve basic hygiene in India. Her official royal biography praised the Mumbai-based Myrna Mahala Foundation for helping to empower women through access to menstrual hygiene products and employment opportunities. So, Brie, a small part of me wanted to apologize to the men listening for having to discuss this uncomfortable subject, but I'm actually, you know, I, I thought about that for a second. You know what? We you should know not, about this. We should not have to apologize exactly. because this is really an issue that we do need to talk about more. It needs more visibility. It is one of those quote unquote women's issues, um, like like actually a women's issue that is very problematic uh, in a lot of different countries beyond India and Africa. Um, it's very common for girls who are in school to actually have to leave school for the whole week where um, during which they are menstruating. Um, this obviously affects the cultural culture in these countries, it affects their education, and it affects them personally. I mean, imagine being banned to a little hut just because you're menstruating. It really is um, a human's right, human rights issue that I think goes underreported, and it's a women's issue that I think you and I, um, you know, could probably bring more attention to. Exactly. So shout out to Meghan Markle. We support you. Nice work. (laughs) All right. Well, when we come back, we will crown our problematic woman of the week. And we're back. And it is that time again to crown our problematic woman of the week. So this week, the honor goes to our friend over at One America News, Liz Wheeler. Joining me now is Liz Wheeler, host of Tipping Point on One America News. You can catch it every night at 9 p.m. Liz, thank you so much for joining us. Kelsey, thanks for having me. So Media Matters apparently turned you into the Wicked Witch of the West. They actually painted you green and then wrote an entire hit piece on you arguing that you are um, you are unfairly attacking Planned Parenthood and you are they really painted you as a crazy anti-abortion witch. Right, which I absolutely loved. I kid you not. When I opened this article, when I read this article, when I saw the picture of me painted green like the Wicked Witch of the West, (laughs) I actually laughed because it shows me how scared they are of what I say, how scared they are of how I expose the truth about Planned Parenthood and expose the truth about abortion. They wouldn't do this if they weren't threatened. Well, what I found interesting in in reading the piece is they really didn't they weren't able to debunk anything that you said. They just um, they just brought up the fact that often on your shows, for those who don't watch it, you will talk about these undercover videos that expose Planned Parenthood doing some really shady things. Did you think there was anything legitimate in what they wrote about you? Or I'm sure you thought a lot of it was unfair, um, but what did you think of the actual content of what they were attacking you for? Well, it was a big nothing burger. All of their arguments, they didn't, they just said, oh, this isn't true. This is a lie. This has been debunked. They never answered the why question. They never said, well, what she said was incorrect, and here's the correct information, or what she said was incorrect, and here's why. All they said is, you know, Planned Parenthood has been been accused of covering up 
the sexual abuse of minors, and it's been widely debunked. Well, no, it hasn't been widely debunked. Those cases that I was referring to in the video that they linked to were actually um, handled in our criminal justice system. These, these people were either convicted in a criminal court or they reached a civil settlement for neglecting to report this uh, abuse of minors, the sexual abuse of minors that the little girls told the Planned Parenthood employees when they came into the clinic. And the clinic employees from Planned Parenthood refused to tell the uh, authorities, law enforcement, like they're supposed to. There's nothing to debunk about that. It's simply fact. I think they are intimidated by the way that you often do cover the abortion issue. And you cover Planned Parenthood very closely. If there's any sort of um, news documents coming out about the organization, you are there um, on the front lines covering it. Why, you know, you have an hour-long show once a day during weekdays. Why do you make the issue of abortion such a prominent issue on your show? Right. It's, it's such a hard topic to talk about, isn't it? Because it's so, it is so brutal and it can be so gruesome and it's always, it's always, always heartbreaking to think about. It's such a difficult choice. It's such, it's such a traumatic thing for a woman to go through. But I think we need, as a country, we need to talk about this because it's the underlying issue that impacts all other issues, meaning the right to life is the right which allows us to exercise all of our other rights. Without the right to life, all of our other rights are obsolete. And we're at a point in our nation that and this, this isn't even a religious argument. We're at a point in our nation where science tells us that life begins at conception, that the moment a sperm fuses with an egg, a unique DNA is formed, a new person is formed. That's not my opinion. That's, the, that's what's taught in medical schools to doctors, that that is a human life. And so I think the question that we have to ask ourselves as a country is, when does life begin? Well, science tells us at conception. If life begins at conception, what right do we have to end that person's life. And if we aren't protecting those lives from being violated, then what are we even doing? What good is our constitution? What good are our other rights if we're not protecting the most vulnerable among us from being targeted? Well, Liz, you yourself have been targeted in so many ways for covering this issue. But I have to say, I think speaking for myself and so many other men and women out there who care about this issue, um, we want to thank you for being problematic and for being on the front lines and being brave enough to cover this issue. Uh, some people might not know you're actually based on the West Coast. You're about to take a flight over um, to visit us in D.C. So we want to let you go and make your flight. But thank you so much for calling into problematic woman and for being such a courageous problematic woman yourself of course i'm honored <laughs> to have that title planned parenthood media matters they can paint me green all they want they can play on photoshop i'm going to keep exposing planned parenthood and abortion kelsey thanks for having me thank you liz so two quick things one it was a nice attempt by media matters to make liz wheeler ugly in some way by painting her green but she still looks beautiful she actually looks like Taylor Swift in the picture <laughs> that they painted her green in. And haters so like, gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. You look awesome. I don't care what color your skin is. Liz Wheeler, you are beautiful. Uh, Media Matters has got nothing on you.
Keep telling the truth. Another point I want to make out since we're on the issue of abortion and Liz has done such um, a good job covering the issue and covering the hypocrisies of Planned Parenthood and so forth. I came across this video called Human Development in the Womb. Um, I came across it online. I wrote about it in Bright, the morning email um, sponsored by The Federalist. You can sign up at brightemail.com. this video is amazing. It shows it, it. It's not. Um. It's um. Anim. It's not animated. It's like graphic. Graphic. Like CGI. CGI. Yeah. CGI inside the womb. It's awesome. Shows like the div- different developmental stages of a baby in the womb, and I think it could foster such a fascinating debate to show that to people who are um, very pro-abortion and ask them at what point. Give me the exact timestamp in this video, which if you're watching on Facebook, watch your, you can see some of at what point it does this, you know, does this so-called fetus, which you say, turn into an actual baby. I, I want answers. If you're watching, please comment. I want some answers on that. Um, if, if you're not watching on Facebook, watch and you want to go check out this video again, it's on Facebook, human development in the womb. Uh, it's, it, it was produced by someone named, I'm going to I'm going to mess up his name. Hashim Al-Jalal. I'm going to spell it. Gali. Gali. Hashim, hash, E-M, and then A-L-G-H-A-I-L-I. He is awesome. You can see his whole Facebook page is full of these types of videos. But I think if you're interested in the issue of abortion, if you're someone who regularly debates these issues with your friends and family, show him this video. Well, that wraps up our show this week. Thank you all for tuning in. We're going to encourage you, as always, if you know a problematic woman, please nominate her. Please let us know about that. Uh, And you can follow all of my work over at The Federalist and over here at The Daily Signal. Uh, This podcast is a collaboration of The Daily Signal and The Federalist. It is produced by Lauren Evans of The Daily Signal. You can follow both of us on Twitter. You can follow me at Kelsey J. Harkness. If you like this podcast, please support us by rating us and subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or wherever you get your Facebook watches and podcasts. We appreciate you sharing it with your friends and for supporting strong conservative women who are standing up for America's culture.